He was that excited this morning and he borrowed his mate's van and was already packing up, so I don't understand why he's not here. Could be loads of reasons. Like what? But his watch stopped. Well, he's got a phone. Van broke down. He's got a phone. His mate was drunk when he asked to borrow the van. Thought it had been nicked. Went bananas. He's got a phone. Went bananas. Smashed the phone. And what if he's collapsed or something? What if his heart's given in, loading his massive cactus into the van? There'd have to be some cactus. He's taller than me. Weighs a ton. The talk of the street. Talk of the street. The talk of the street. Talk of the street. The talk of the street. Talk of the street. The talk of the street. Talk of the street. Welcome to episode 171 of the Talk of the Street, an unofficial Coronation Street catch-up podcast that just wanted to stop myself in the middle of this very important opening to say to myself, good luck, we're all counting on me. I'm Gavin. And I am fucking furious. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Which we'll get to. Do you want to get to that now? Because I don't know why you're furious. Oh, it's the show. Oh, right. <laughs> okay. Well, of course. <laughs> you know, this week of all weeks, when I could have really used the pick-me-up... I saw this so often on Twitter was I, I had to end up watching Hollyoaks because because <laughs> Coronation Street had brought me down so much. Yeah. It was a bit of a downer. It was. It was. I'm just I'm just fortunate that Benny and I still have some Kim's Convenience episodes to watch. <laughs> right. Uh, so yeah, the kids are back. Right. <laughs> so I have my buddy to watch Kim's Convenience with. And took the and Took the kids to see Shang-Chi on um, Monday, so it's been a Simu-Lu, Simu-Lu kind of week this week, because he's in both the Kim's Convenience, and sure. he plays he plays Zhang on Kim's Convenience, and he plays Shang-Chi on Shang-Chi, which was very good. It was a good, it was a good kung fu movie, you know? You kind of forget it's a Marvel movie. And Aquafina was great, because Aquafina's always great. You like Aquafina. You liked her in that movie with all the women doing Helen that. loves to do this by telling people what they really like. <laughs> you do like Aquafina, though. How much do the kids love it when you tell them what they like? <laughs> you love peas. Why aren't you eating peas? It's because they loved peas as babies. <laughs> yeah. you which they don't remember. Update your catalogue of <laughs> likes, dislikes, and loves, I think. Everybody anyway, loves you enjoyed peas. it. Great. Yeah, you didn't get a movie this week. I haven't been to the movies this week. No. That's fine. I did get done for speeding on the Ohio Turnpike. Though. That was my, my big news. The thing about the Ohio Turnpike, anyone who's <laughs> ever driven the Ohio Turnpike will know this and will agree that you pay to go on it to drive at whatever speed you like. That's that's the understanding between... They still have speed limits. That's the understanding between the motorist It's not and, Montana. Well, they have to put a speed limit on. But it's for decoration more than anything. You pay your money. It's not the autobahn. The understanding between the the driver and the Ohio State Police is you can just you can go ten over, fifteen over. You can't go twenty five over. No, and that's what you were doing. And you can't go twenty five over, and then pass the police officer because <laughs> normally they sit in the middle waiting for you. Right. And I keep my eye out for those guys. Mm-hmm. And I was too busy keeping my eye out for those guys that I missed the guy that I was overtaking. Right. Oops. 
I don't normally Which drive fast, you, but I drive fast on that road. You know what? Technically, you could fight that because he doesn't. He doesn't have the gun to verify how fast you were going. No, no that's paid. That's done. <laughs> it is over. Well, congratulations for that's only the second ticket I've ever got. The first one was in Montana for forty bucks, and I thought, "Oh, this is going to be like this might be a wee bit more expensive." Yes. And it was a wee bit more expensive, yes. and then a lot more expensive on top of it. Right, yeah. It's because it's Ohio. Mm-hmm. They have more people than Montana. Right. So, they have more things to pay for. <laughs> right. Oh, well. Oh, well. Welcome to America. I was making such good time coming back from Connecticut as well. We made great time both going and coming. It was, it was, pretty, it was pretty impressive both ways. Mm-hmm. So, you did a good job. Good job, Ruby. It's just nice to get an extra two hundred buck bill on the well on the end of your vacation. There is that. Oh, well. So, and the kids are back in school. Mm-hmm. We say we're they're back, but we never see them. This is what happens when you have you know more or less teenagers in the house. They go to school, then they go to the teen center, and then they go to the football game or the soccer game or to soccer practice. So we barely see them. Even it's though a circle <laughs> of life. You know, and I guess it's fine. I was barely home when I was in high school. My mother never saw me from 14 to 19, I don't think. <laughs> she occasionally fed me. And that was about it. Yeah. So it's nice. And they love, and they love it because they're once again free to roam. As they are not free to roam necessarily. Connecticut very often. Yeah, they're on the leash a little bit more. And yes. <laughs> There's more helicopter parenting going on in Connecticut. Well, And that's all I'll say about that. <laughs> we are not helicopter parents. But this is good because this means uh, the sponge, the, the Squarecast is coming back. SpongeBob Squarecast starts again recording tomorrow. Yes, very exciting. With our first episode in three months dropping on on Monday. Yeah. Stella will be singing Gangster's Paradise. <laughs> per request. I don't know why we did. We, we recorded the first ever one and we didn't know what we were doing. And so at the end I said, do you want to finish on a song? And she started singing a song. Right. And now, now became, 80 episodes later, we always finish on a song. On a song, right. It's, it's like with me saying, and I'm blah, blah, blah for every episode mm-hmm. instead of my actual name. Because you get to a point where it's like, everybody knows who I am. Well, new Unless people they're don't. new people. And if they're new people, they probably found us on the Twitter. And so, but anyway. Yeah. And so somebody requested Gangster's Paradise. She says she's going to do Amish Paradise instead. What's for me? That's my kid. <laughs> <laughs> Shall we preamble, my dear? Yes, please. Give us some of that horse-drawn Cory news. <laughs> forgot to tell my story about the Amish man with his gas cans. That's fine. We will live without it. <laughs> now, normally, when it comes to core news, I'm not normally, but there are times when we're sitting waiting to do this, or I'm sitting waiting to do this, and you're like, I've just got core news to do, and I'll be right with you. And then, like, an hour and 15 minutes later, there's still no sign of Helen. Mm. Hi, Helen. Hi. That did not happen this week. No. Thanks. Thanks for that preamble, my dear. <laughs> this anyway... Was- Quick, sharp, Corey News. This was written on Monday, Corey News, let's be honest. <laughs> With a little update. 
Not really. Um, Sarah Harding, most known as a member of Girls Aloud, has died from breast cancer at the age of 39. 39, jeez. 39. That's, that's when I had colon cancer. So, no, that's right, yeah. you know, if you're young, if you're in your late 30s, early 40s, it's time to start, you know, considering the fact that you might get cancer. They now recommend uh, you get start getting colonoscopies at 45 now instead oh. of 50 something. You still haven't had one, though, have you? No. No. I've had like eight. Yeah. You, you don't collect them. You don't get a stamp on a loyalty card. I kind of wish I did. Up your arse. I kind of wish I did. Free anyway, steak knives for your back to yes. poor Sarah Harding. <laughs> she played Joni Preston on Corey, which gave her the opportunity to slap Tracy Barlow, a dream of many. Boof, take that. Yeah. A different band. <laughs> it made me watch a lot of the old uh, pop stars arrivals videos this week. Mm-hmm. Girls Aloud were really good as a pop band. They had no presence here in America, none whatsoever. Sadly, none whatsoever. And and they should have. It's like Little Mix. Mm-hmm. Do they have a presence here? No, but there is a strong quadrant of the gay community within the United States who's trying to make Little Mix a thing here in the United States. So. Oh. Gay men are united again uh, uh, for Little Mix. Up their workload there. I'm, <laughs> I'm not really familiar with Little Mix. That was after my time. Right. But this was, uh, it was a competition between Pete Waterman and uh, Louis Walsh. Mm-hmm. One had to produce a boy band and one had to produce a girl band. And they didn't know which one they were producing until um, they kind of got further down the line. Louis Walsh got the girl band, who became Girls Aloud, mm-hmm. and uh, Pete Waterman got the boys, who nobody remembers. Right. I think they were called One True Voice. I might be wrong about that. That mm. name is awful. It is. And then the two went head to head. And Girls Aloud win. By a considerable margin with song, uh, Sound of the Underground, which is still a good song. Because mm-hmm. Louis Walsh knows pop music and Pete Waterman used to know pop music. Right. You know what would be a great name for a boy band? Boy band. It's a bit on the nose, isn't it? Yeah, that's ex- that's exactly it. It could be like, you know, a satirical boy band named Boy Band. There should be a boy band named Boy Band. Just. But anyway, Sarah anyway. Harding was one of the ones that you thought she's definitely going to be in this. Mm-hmm. Her and Cheryl Tweedy and Nadine. Uh-huh. And then there was two more. <laughs> yeah, they were good. They were very good. That's really sad. It is really sad. And so young. Certain things, no age at all. No, it really isn't. But it it, it it does seem like an age when lots of people are getting cancer now because Chadwick Boseman got his diagnosis at 39 as well. Mm-hmm. So get tested, folks. On to better news or happier news. Corey was raking it in at award shows this week with wins at the NTAs as well as the TV Choice Awards. Awards Huzzah! falling out of its arse. Yes. Yes. Succinctly put, my darling. <laughs> Trophies at the NTAs went to Jude Reardon as Best Newcomer, Molly Gallagher as Best Serial Drama Performance, and to the show itself as Best Serial. TV Choice Awards went to the show as Best Soap, Sally Carmen as Best Soap Actress, and to David Nielsen as Best Soap Actor. And yes, please just throw all the awards at David Nielsen because he deserves all the awards. I like how they, they throw them at him. I like how they spread it out. Mm-hmm. 
because Sally Carmen was up for Molly Gallagher's award as well. Yes. And it's nice that they kind of spread it about a little bit for for that story because we're both really, really good. I'm not Do you suggesting think the judges at the NTAs no, and the judges at the TV Choice Awards got get together. together? No, no. But it's nice how how the how it all fell out. It's not the Golden Globes. No, it's not. <laughs> it's not the Emmys. They're odd. Well, or the Grammys. I was mentioning the Golden Globes because the Golden Globes are dishonest and they do take bribes and stuff, and that's why. <laughs> Allegedly. Allegedly. Thank you. Yes. Keeps our lawyers happy. Hi, Steve. (laughs) And finally, we undone a pup date. Pup date. We should really have some jingle music for pup date. I was thinking about this. I've been working so hard on on Ryan's Ryan's nest. nest. (laughs) I could have been doing pup date. We could get a recording of Dobby barking and add it to the pup date. Well, I, do to do to do bork bork do to do to do bork bork <laughs> do to do to do bork bork. See, I think we I think we now have the the pop date music has already been done. Yes, do to do to do bork bork. Time for a pop date. Charlie DeBello has responded to her call for a complete list of puppy names. Thank, Thank you, you Charlie. Charlie. They are Stanley, Roy, Stanley the dog, Barbara, Barbara <laughs> Miss Honey, Pepper, Pickle, Peanut. Rupert and Olive. Sadly, no Keith 2.0, but at least two pups share nicknames with two of our kids, so I'll take it. Yes, we do call Benny Rupert. And And Barbara. (laughs) But only when he's been bad. (laughs) And that's quite news. I liked how uh, Charlie mentioned that some of them were named for things things his brother had seen or was looking at. In the bar that he works in, yes. That's hilarious. Yeah. So, yeah, that was, it was, it, it really kind of made my morning to wake up to, to a, to a DM from Charlie DeBello. <laughs> it's like, yes. How could that possibly be misinterpreted? Got me out of bed. <laughs> I think we better move on. <laughs> <laughs> and now we'll podcast for coffee. An enormous thank you to Welsh Jackie this week, who has uh, donated, bought us our coffees and in inverted commas, mm-hmm. and says, please donate this to the charity you're raising funds for as your birthday presents and my birthday present to myself. I'll Aww. buy you both a coffee in December. Thank you so much, Jackie. Jackie, you've been saving up quite a bit. Yes, thank you so much, Jackie. Um, record-breaking yes. donation. That pushes us over the 150 bucks mark, so... I'm really pleased about that. That money will be going to Rescue.org. That's the International Rescue Committee for their humanitarian work that is ongoing in Afghanistan. If you yes. want to donate to this, we're going to be uh, sending the money there until the end of September. Yes, and it's still well needed just because the the American army is no longer there. There are yeah. still people desperate to get out of there. Yeah, so. the news cycle has moved on, but the situation hasn't. So no. If you want to donate us a coffee, we will be sending the money there. You can do so by going to kofi.com, that's ko-fi.com, slash the talk of the street, and we'll be very appreciative. Yes, you're drinking your coffee out of your talk of the street mug. The one that you can buy. You can buy it now? You can buy that one. That's the one with the old logo on it. Oh, is that the old logo? I can't see it because all I see is white, but it kind of looked like the new logo. 
I'm drinking out of a cup that my father's ex-fiance gave me because she felt bad because my dad had stolen uh, <laughs> cups from me in it un- unintentionally from my mother's basement. We've always had that mug. Yeah. That mug. Yeah. That mug is, is us when I look at that mug. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I'd gotten it from um, oh, Peggy? Patsy? What was her name? It started with a P, didn't it? Pam. 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 Pam was great. Oh, oh, why you have to think of the name. We know it begins with a P, but that doesn't help us very much. No. And it should, because I think she's the only one who starts with a P. Right. Anita. Let's not go through the alphabet. This is doing nobody any favours. No, this is true. That's your mug. Yes. It's my mug this week. It's pretty. It's got flowers and butterflies on it. I think we have two of them and some plates. And now this. <laughs> welcome, welcome, welcome. Gav is groovy. Welcome to, to last year tonight with me, John Oliver. Just enough time to quickly and talk about water waste treatment plant. The screeching of the gulls. The screeching of the gulls. This was Is this something Kurt said. That's right. This was Imran worried about going out for a day to the beach with Oliver and the family because he'd seen something where a seagull killed a rabbit. Well, that's dark. Just a little bit. Yeah, seagulls tend to just, you know, steal your French fries. I was Gavin and you didn't understand why so many people or wanted chips. to eat British actors. That confused me for five minutes. Oh, yeah, it's because of that, that lollipop that looks like um, um, Daniel Craig. Colin Farrell. Oh, Colin. Or Benedict Cumberbatch. I know, the chocolate was Benedict Cumberbatch. There's a giant chocolate Benedict Cumberbatch somewhere just at, waiting for me to stick my teeth into it. We imagined a moldable gav made from square sausage. <laughs> I was very confused. Once again, we were surprised when the weather turns after Labour Day. I started a Facebook group for people who used to work for Scottish Amicable. That was a year ago. Yeah, does it still go on? Mm, 1,700 people in it now. Wow. The only updates that happen now a year later is to tell people that someone's died. (laughs) Which is still providing a service as far as I can make it. Sounds about right. Tim does his best bit of being Tim he's ever done as he gets laid into Tim's dad about bullying Yasmin. Dev is losing money hand over fist almost as quick as Asha and ITV Corey are forgetting what their characters are supposed to be like. Daniel leaves 26 messages for Nikki, which seems to make her come to the conclusion that she likes his harassing attention. David's back garden disappears down a hole that unfortunately refuses to take the new Shona with it. Wow. That's and that hole bitchy. is still there. Well, Natasha said that she was going to fix it, but I don't think we've ever seen any proof that it's... Any and people, construction work has happened, and people that? keep mentioning it as if it still exists. Billy has suspicions about the whereabouts, the whereabouts of Kel. Nick and Steve bump into an old flame at a hospital car park. The new Shona eats a banana. Sally works the switch, and we were more or less convinced that but Steve like that. was going to end up being Sam's dad. Remember that. Our moment of the week was Tim giving Tim's dad the business. I still think that would have been better. Yeah. And our boring moment of the week was David t- talking at length about parakeets flying around in the wild. And that was Coronation Street and the Talk of the Street this time last year. Shall we dive in, my dear? Shall we? Shall we do that? 
I suppose we're going to have to. Yeah. It's just going to make me mad, but that's okay. That's okay. I'm going to leave that to the end. Because our first storyline today is we need to talk about hope. We do. Yeah, we had a little um, little smattering of shorter storylines on Monday that we'll just quickly go through. Were there some on Friday as well? No, it was all, was it it? Was all that. I don't know. I watched all four last night. So. Mm. And there was no... What, why again were there no episodes on Wednesday? Because uh, Poland were playing England at soccer ball. Oh. I think you really offended people in the UK by calling it soccer ball. Yeah, good. And, <laughs> <laughs> which means there's an extra episode next week. So there's an extra hour on Tuesday or Thursday. I can't remember which. Ah, boo. <sighs> yeah. Oh, on Monday. We need to talk about hope. So let's do it. Yes. Alina is showing Tyrone pictures of her family. <laughs> <laughs> so Tyrone quickly makes his excuses and leaves. It's Hope's first day back at school. It'll be fine, says Alina, unknowingly getting her own back on Hope. So Ty meets Hope and Fizz. Hope is worried that people will know about the fire, and then out come Chez and Joseph, fresh from his bath, and she wants to go to school where we pal. Everyone ignores her. Yeah. Well, it, 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 was, it was more like... Because Chessie seems to have warmed a no. little bit. A little bit. No. He's, he's, he's at least nice to hope. He's having a problem being a bastard to her face. That's his problem. Right. Right to that wee lassie's face. Right. He wants to say, Joseph's having nothing to do with you, but he can't because he's a coward. Right. And because it's really awful and cold to say things directly to a child right. like that. It's cold, and no one should do it. Alina catches up with Ty at the garage and ignores his reaction when she mentions a Zoom call with her dad tonight. <laughs> Fish shows up in a frantic mood. There's been an incident at school. Hands up who got worried when they heard incident at school. We both have our Bo- hands up. Both of us were worried about that. Tyrone rushes off with Fizz without so much as a buy your leave. Leaving I mean, Alina to go, wah, wah, wah. It's It's... Seems apparently very easy for people to get guns on Coronation Street, so mm-hmm. I was quite concerned. Right. At home, Hope was removed from class for throwing slime at the Harvest Festival display. Phew. Oh, Thank goodness. Thank goodness. Fizz is concerned someone has said something, but the opposite is true. Hope was ignored by everyone. Our pals didn't want anything to do with her. She had no one to play with at playtime. Oh. She had no one to eat her lunch with. She it's had so no one sad. to play PE with. Her friends' parents have told them all to stay clear. So Hope says, I ain't going back to that fucking place. Tyrone makes a play for Dad of the Week by talking to Hope about her plans to be a teacher. Don't you want to be a teacher? And she's like, yeah, I kind of wanted to be a teacher. Well, you need to get qualifications to be a teacher. You need to go back to school then. Right, yeah. Oh, I'll just work at the... Right. I'll just be a mechanic like you. Cause you or work at a f- factory like Mum. Because you don't have any fucking qualifications, you <laughs> pair of numpties. Ty and Fizz try a cat-candied attempt at reverse psychology, which Hope sees through, but says she'll go back to school anyway. Fizz is grateful for Ty's presence today, and when Ty mentions Alina's plan to go to Romania, Fizz tells him to go. He owes Alina that much. Mm-hmm. And that's as far as we get with that this week. Yeah. Ty's not going to Romania. No way, no how. Is he going to Romania? Yeah. And 
Alina was kind of ridiculous this week in like expecting him to not go to Hope's first day of back at school and not care about his child. Mm-hmm. And part of that I can understand because when you are young, when you are in your 20s and you don't have children. When you are young and your heart is an open book. book. You used She's to say, no. live and let live. You know you did, you know you did, you know you did. <laughs> you know, because I remember, you know, when I was in my younger 20s and I had Nick and so many of my friends had had no idea how to hang out with me anymore and didn't quite understand an awful lot of, well, I'm a parent now, so I can't go out to the casino and get drunk and dance with strange boys anymore. So, you know. So many jokes. <laughs> so I can I can kind of understand... But I could, uh, you know, uh, that Alina would react this way, but it's still, it's like, this isn't like the first day of their relationship. She's been aware that these girls exist from the very beginning. They're not just like fun time things. I think they're doing what you've mentioned before. And I think they're now making a concerted effort to make Alina seem as childish as possible. Mm-hmm. So that Ty is now forced to see what we've all been seeing and talking about is that right. she's too young for him. Yes. Or he's too old for her. Right. Basically. Yes. So by her acting childishly this week, which she was doing. Right. And she kind of was doing the same last week as well. It's It feels to me like that tattoo was very premature. Let's put it that way. Yeah. But yeah, I don't think I mean, it's going to remain We don't all. even have one another's names tattooed on our bodies. I'm very particular about <laughs> what I'm getting tattooed on me. And I don't want really any words tattooed on me. I've got a letter T, but that's the letter T. You've got numbers. I've got numbers. But the numbers mean something that will always mean something. I'm not going right. to forget about where I used to live. No. If you, you tattoo a name of anything... I remember a guy that I went to school with got Guns N' Roses tattooed on his arm. I was like, what the <laughs> fuck are you thinking about? Because they'll split up. And then what happens? Well, you still have fond memories of the band, even if they split up. Do you want it tattooed on you, though? Maybe if it means something to you. I'm not sure it did. Maybe not, but it might. He went on to kill. That's all you need to know about that. Anyway. But yeah, you'd you, you be more p- particular about what you get right, tattooed yeah. on you. And you don't do it after going out with somebody for, what, a, a month? Yeah. Two months? Well, at least it's just it's just initials though, right? It's, it's TNA. F- <laughs> and flags. <laughs> what? about the flags? Still just got tits and ass tattooed on them. <laughs> It's British ass and Romanian ass. Mm-hmm. Oh, Romanian tits and British ass. Yes. That works. <laughs> <laughs> She's got it on the small of her back. Yeah, so at least nobody will ever see that. He's got it on his, kind of where my tea is. Yeah, I think his is a little bit lower. A little lower. Yeah. But now, like I said the other week, if they do split up and we ever see Ty in shorts... He's going to have socks on. Someone's going to have to 
paint that on him. Or, or the fans will be outraged. Or they'll just put him in long socks. Right. I don't feel like we've talked about this very much, but have we talked about it enough? I think we've talked about it enough. Let's move on to the next storyline this morning. Thank then, you. Which is brains. On Monday, Emma catches Alina at the flat and confirms <laughs> with her that it's okay for Curtis to move in. We owe you that courtesy, says Alina, which means you can see no reasonable way to object. Right. Squee, says Emma. Yeah, because seriously, she can't. Because they already tried to kick poor Emma out of her own home. Mm-hmm. And she, and Alina didn't even ask to move Tyrone in. Wait, they, and they've got that giant fucking picture still up. They kicked her out. The flat burnt down. They let her move back in again. Right. Hmm. We're treating Emma so badly here. Yes. Emma is waiting for Curtis outside and bumps into Steve, who's surprised to hear that they're moving in. And then further surprised to learn that they love each other. Right. She, but he's not. I expected him to go full dad on this. And he he doesn't go full dad. It's not like when he was freaking out when he thought Amy and Addie were going to date. When Amy's already had a pregnancy. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I expected him to flip full out. But I think it's that nice would have been more interesting to see. It's nice that he remembered that Emma is an adult. Yeah, he should still be... I don't think he would know how to not interfere in that a little bit. Yeah. And explain that you barely know each other. Mm -hmm. He has serious health issues. Right. Are you sure you want to go through with this? Are you sure that you want this to be part of your responsibility for the next however long? Yeah. Are you setting yourself up for potential heartache here a little bit further down the line well maybe it's because steve expects curtis to die very soon or maybe we just didn't have time for that conversation because we've got another thing that we need to cover yeah so inexplicably where's curtis right she's worried that he hasn't shown up and he has a massive cactus (coughs) but not like that so steve agrees to take her to his flat so he has a flat yeah we still don't know if he has parents yet no but he has roommates because he borrowed that he was borrowing the van from a roommate. Was it a roommate or just a friend? I think it was a roommate and a friend. <laughs> they were so specific. Emma goes to the bistro to look for Curtis and his massive cactus, but he's called in sick, and Debbie doesn't look too impressed with Curtis's work ethic. Steve hasn't had much luck either, so she decides to call the hospital. But Curtis is pished in the rovers and looking to get more pished until Sean talks at him again, and he has to contemplate for a second time in two weeks, faking his own death. Sean puts his hand out and says, talk to the face. Mm -hmm. And then flounces off. Talk to the face. Sean. Talk to the face because the hand isn't listening. It's talk to the hand because the face ain't listening. You don't put out your hand and say, talk to the face. I think that was a deliberate attempt at humour. It fell flat. <laughs> Curtis is... When Curtis's drunk acting is reminiscent of... Thank you, Ryan. Of Ryan's initial. brilliant initial drunk acting, which was just like the stupidest thing ever. Hey, at least Curtis didn't and fall into anything. And then he sobers anything. up very, very... Curtis so, sobers up very, very quickly. Like that. Like that. <laughs> He's flipping the little umbrellas. So he's not even, like, getting pished on, like, beer He wants stuff. beer and vodka, doesn't he? 
He's got like it wasn't a lot of paint. I know that. He's got like a cosmopolitan or something in front of him. <laughs> it's pink, and he's got a little umbrella in it. Emma is beside herself with worry. She's even got a creepy keyring made for Curtis moving in. It's not creepy. She shouts and asks Todd if he's seen Curtis. I didn't know that Todd knew who Curtis was, but anyway. And thanks to another storyline, Todd has seen Curtis and says he's in the Rovers. Right. Well, so, I, th- I think it's kind of like everybody knows who Emma is because she works in the Rovers. Everybody knows who Curtis is because he works at the Bistro. Nobody goes to the Bistro. People go to the Bistro. Nobody goes to the Bistro. Adam and Sarah had lunch and contemplated... They're not going back. Birth and a child. <laughs> They're not going back after that white fish debacle. Ed has been there. Ronnie's been there. Michael's been there. James has been there. Lots of people have been there. Nobody goes to the Bistro. Uh, 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 Imran, Sabine, Toya, Leanne, obviously, because remember, she does. she is a part owner now. Nobody goes to the bistro. <laughs> Keep telling yourself so that. So Emma finds Curtis. She's not happy at him getting pissed at lunchtime and missing his moving in. Right. What's wrong with you, she asks, and no one knows, says Curtis, and that's the problem. Nobody knows what's wrong with me. Emma says that she can't do this, and she leaves. Back at the flat, an apologetic and now very sober Curtis right. is pleading his case, but Emma is now worried that he's deliberately trying to sabotage their relationship and so uh, to make her be the one to dump him. He claims that that's not the case. It was just a bad day and maybe he was subconsciously pushing her away. She accepts his apology and it turns out that he's got her a creepy keyring too. Yeah, it's the same keyring. The the actual same keyring or they have two keyrings that are the two, same? Yeah, they have right. two keyrings that are exactly the same. Right. The whole. His key and her lock sort of thing. Right. Oh. Mr. Key. And, and Emma does not does not seem to understand the sexual connotations of Oh, maybe she ring. understands it very well. Because she thinks it's very cute. Well, I guess sex can be cute. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not how I do it. <laughs> so... Says you. <laughs> so... So he is moving in. Does Is she a little quick to forgive him here? Has he done anything wrong? I, I think he has. I think it's it's kind of obnoxious that he's supposed to be moving in. He knows that she's worried about him. And he decides to get pushed anyway. Right. And doesn't answer his phone. And very early in the day. Very early in the day. Rather than his phone being out of juice or losing the phone, he pulls the old, I sent you a text. Oh, I forgot to send it. I forgot to send it. Yeah. Oops. Well, right, because he's so drunk. He's so Early very drunk. Early in the morning. How drunk is he? He's very drunk. He's very drunk on Cosmopolitan. How drunk is he? Three minutes later. Not drunk at all. Oh. Some would say fit to drive. And I mean, I get it. I understand this very well because I had an illness that it took a year and a half for the doctors to figure out what was wrong with me. You know, and it was only because they'd done every test in the world. And then my one doctor said, oh, we didn't test for this, but that's because you don't seem the type to have this thing. And then lo and behold, that's what it was. And so you had to inject me in the belly for (laughs) six months. Remember that? Good times. Good times. (sighs) But so, you know, I can understand the frustration, but this whole, 
you know, it's a very important day. He's supposed to be moving in. And that's when he chooses to go on this whole like, woe is me drunk tirade. Kind of weird. Are we also forgetting that he's training to be a doctor? Right. Yeah, it does seem like that because he seems to have such disdain for the the medical establishment. Right. For all doctors and hospitals. Yes. That was one profession that was getting a bit of a kick in this week. Not the only one. <sighs> we will get to that. Yes. Looking at you, Kirk. But the... Uh, <laughs> uh, I think classically, though, aren't student doctors hopelessly hypochondriacs? Yes. Because they... Because uh, they have to study everything, so they're learning about everything. So everything's like, oh, like, oh wait a second, that that sounds familiar. That's kind of like how I'm feeling at the moment right now with my, oh my shoulder or something. And, What's wrong with me? Yeah. So... I'm expecting him to be that kind of character or I'm expecting him to be more understanding of his own situation because if he has that kind of mind to work right. medically, then I think he has the ability to detach himself from his right. own symptoms you'd, you'd, a little bit. You'd think if you were a, a medical student, you would have the wherewithal to start investigating yourself and bringing things to the hospital's attention saying, hey, could it possibly be this? I read the study about this. Right. This sounds really familiar. Can we test for this sort of thing? More so that than getting pushed in the morning. Right. And on cosmopolitans. And not wanting to have more tests run when you're in the hospital and just getting up and leaving without asking any questions. Yeah. Rather than oh, they just do the same tests, then we'll get them to do different ones. Right. To- or, you know, show off and be very specific about what kind of tests they've run on you thus far. Because that's what people in the medical profession like to do. They like to show off their knowledge about about different tests and everything. You know, have they run the O five eight test and the JQ one hundred test? And oh, have they checked your globulus mechanines? I'm just making these off the top of my head. I would never have guessed. <laughs> At one point, I thought you were reading out a Scrabble rack. You know, so I think it's a little... Hi frust- to your sister, by the way. <laughs> it, it, it feels like he's... It's a little frustrated because it feels like he's just kind of this amalgamation of parts that they've put together... And they haven't really thought the character through very well. Right. You know? I think this comes... They're basic. like, we need we need somebody for Emma. Somebody who's going to last a little bit longer, but not too long. That it'll still end tragically. But he has what to have, can we do? He has to have a pre-existing condition. That's right. <laughs> How can we make a pre-existing condition interesting? Oh, let's make it a mystery. Like they don't know it's something to do with this, but they don't know what exactly what it is. And none of us gets And that means that we don't have to research anything or get, you know, a foundation in here to talk about their thing. None of this gets away from the fact that we don't know him well enough to care. No, but we care about Emma. Yes, yes, yes. And you always come back to that. I do. But we don't care about him. it's still true. If he makes Emma happy, then we care about him. He did not make Emma happy this week, so I'm kind of like over it now. Well, she eventually makes him... No, he eventually makes her happy. They move in. Right. She's very quick to forget about all this. Right, because of the keychain. It's a sign. Right. 
The keychain's a sign. Let's move on then. Our next storyline this morning is feeling groovy. <laughs> this is quite funny. <laughs> on Monday. I'm still enjoying this storyline. Yeah. The storyline still has legs. Even though Pat Phelan does not. <laughs> the Undertaker and Todd are... <laughs> yeah, this ends quite well. The Undertaker <laughs> and Todd are trying to think of ways to talk Eileen out of Scatland Nashes off her dead serial killer husband. And the only thing they have available to them is the truth. And they'll be fucked if they're telling her that. Well, Todd will be fucked. So in comes Eileen, who has written some words for the old dear. And it's... It's very eloquent. Eloquent and moving eulogy. And it all becomes far too much for The Undertaker. And despite Todd's protestations, he comes clean. Eileen does not react well to this. No. So Todd finds her later in the Rovers. She's upset at him and The Undertaker again. And she wants nothing to do with either of them again. That's right. And she wants Todd to move out again. So Todd goes off to warn the Undertaker, who seems to think that Eileen has taken this pretty well and will come round. And Todd's like, do you she not wants know nothing her? to do with you. you. And you don't know what Pat Phelan did to her, says Todd. Neither does he, because he wasn't about. The Undertaker goes to apologise. Well, it was about for some of it. The Undertaker goes to apologise and remove himself from her life and plead for Todd. He's going to get rid of the ashes and asks her if she has any final wishes for them. Do you want me just to like hoover them up or mm-hmm. whatever? And Eileen seems to have an idea. Yes. So he meets her in the pub later. And it's, it's not to shoot them into space. No, because that's... It's, it's beyond his budget. <laughs> right. He does not know. Certainly beyond his capabilities. He does not know Elon Musk. He can't get the acceleration on the urn... <laughs> To such an extent that it's going to escape Earth's gravity. Yeah. He's done his sums. It's not going to work out. It does it does seem very aerodynamic, though. It's a Lafroig tin. Yes, because it's a Lafroig tin. They Every just, time that came up, it's like, this is a Lafroig tin. They wrapped a Lafroig tin in, in white paper and wrote something on it. Right. I photoshopped it back in. I know. I and saw it. And, and it, it looks exactly it right. It looks exactly right. It looks exactly right. You'd have no idea that it's photoshopped. So we can tell that The Undertaker's on his downtime now because he's got a polo shirt on. Yes. And he meets Eileen in the pub later. He's dumped Pat in the dog shit bin on the red wreck. Eileen Huzzah! Eileen is so chuffed, she forgives him. But she hates being lied to and she has trust issues. So she can only offer friendship with The Undertaker. She's too scared of being hurt again. The Undertaker is interested in getting his hole, so tells her that she's missing out on life by living in the past. And he offers... To warm her slippers for her. Yes, don't you want somebody to warm your slippers? It's nice that she mentions Jan. And Jan deceiving her as well. Mm -hmm. It's nice that she remembered Jan. He was a goodie though. It turns out he was a goodie, but she still... He still had to lie to her. He had to lie to her. Mm -hmm. It was was not by choice. It was by the the fact that he was a double agent. (laughs) Double agent. It was Morocco Mole. Yes. And was that a secret squirrel? Squirrel. Yes, I think it was. Did you see that video that I posted on Facebook of the Scottish guy trying to say tongue twisters? <laughs> no. It's hilarious. Squirrel. <laughs> so Eileen meets Todd outside the house and tells him that he doesn't need to move out after all, but she does tell him to fuck off to Canal Street and don't come back until later because the Undertaker's coming in to warm her slippers. Yes. And that's as far as we get with that this week. Yes. That was finally 
finally, finally, they're getting it on. And this seems like it may be it may be a relationship that has legs because neither one of those characters are going away anytime soon. <laughs> right. So, and the Undertaker's already employed Todd, who's mm-hmm. unfortunately not going away. Although now I like Todd. Uh, I have, I don't mind Todd now that he's not trying to get one up on Paul. Right. You know, this is a much better place for Todd to be in than, you know, trying to get back with Billy. I'm glad that they've, they've seemed to have let that drop. Well, they've let it drop down, for now. Down, down a cliff. <laughs> Just like Billy. Right. This storyline will be addicted to painkillers in, <laughs> in a couple of months. Thanks, Adam. Uh, but, yeah, I think I think Todd in this situation, with this this kind of like, the, the threesome in the, right. the house with him and his mum and the undertaker, right. they're, they're funny. And yes. And the, the light-hearted storylines that are, that are been going there for the last couple of weeks have been landing really, really well. They really have. And you kind of you forget about the the Billy stuff, right? You, you know that Todd's are wrong on, but Todd's are wrong on because of Billy, right? And without Billy, I guess there will be some scheme at some right. point, right? Yeah, that'll be questionable. But it's really the Billy aspect of it that's been right, kind of making us hate him as much as we. Right. We have been, but get them away from that, get them with the Undertaker, and they seem to understand each other very well. Yeah. And, you know, if I'm honest, if Billy had been with anyone but Paul, I might not have hated Todd so much either. Like, if Billy was with Sean, I would have been like, yeah, go Todd. Mm, I've, I've been go. reminded of that recently, and that, that wasn't good. No. Go Todd, please. Wreck that relationship. Make Sean hurt. Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah, that would have been fine. Make Sean hurt. But we don't want Paul to hurt. Yeah. <laughs> Paul doesn't get 90s catchphrases wrong. Eileen is moving from your, you know, your kind of workman kind of guy, your, your part feeling being a builder and Jan being a, a, builder. a builder. And now we're into <laughs> an undertaker, right. someone who has softer hands. Maybe she'll have a little bit more luck that way. Well, you know what I mean. He's not going to get any calluses from from burying people. I wouldn't from, have thought from putting makeup on dead old ladies. No, Oof. and and draining their blood and and putting in uh, formaldehyde. No, mm. that is softer work <laughs> than than murdering bricks. people. And well, yeah, the, the murder aspect of it certainly pouring concrete. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or trafficking young women. Or pretending to, so that you can catch the people who are actually trafficking young women. Who will police the police. Hmm. <laughs> Fair enough. We've delayed it for long enough, I think. Our final storyline today is Imran's, Imran's TP for Boo. his bunghole. <laughs> Boo! Shame! Ding, 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 ding. Shame! Ding, 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 ding. Let's find out what <gasps> Helen thinks about this storyline then. Boo! <laughs> on Monday, Abby calls her liaison person and tells him about ITV Stefan's dodgy dealings. They say they'll look into it and Kev acts like he would much prefer Abby just drops all of this. Yeah, because Kev's an asshole. <laughs> He's really hard enough at this. Kev is such an... I really hate this relationship now. I was never 100% on board with this relationship. But now I'm really hating it. Because it's kind of creepy how 
daddy like Kev is towards Abby. It's become awful. It's become just the worst. Mm-hmm. Like he has to constant. He thinks he has to constantly protect her and put her down and demean her and act like he knows more than she does about everything and not take her feelings into account, you know, and treat her like she's six. Mm. At home, Imran can't eat, and so he and Toya recap where we left things last week. Imran worries that his making ITV Corey cry last week, coupled with Kelly Chin's outburst, put them all on the back foot. Toya correctly thinks that Kelly was a lot more believable, and Corey was too polished. Laura is all Kelly has today. Which dum, dum, dum. is worrisome. Yes, it is. Toya's not wrong, though. Corey's crime was so fake. And the fact that it doesn't seem like the jury thinks that is just the worst. Well, and this kind of feels like... How much money does ITV Stefan have to pay so many people off? Because it seems like he's paid so many people off on this. He's given one person a job. Right. That's all he's done. Well, that's all we know of. The way some of the other people... The way the judge and that prosecutor act. I don't think he's paid them off. I just think they're incompetent. Well, the fact that, you know, this week the prosecutor seems to remember that he's the prosecutor and goes after Kelly Hardcore well, when wait, wait, he doesn't wait, wait, even go after Corey last week. Ah! Kelly the Chin is being questioned by Imran and she goes through the events of the attack, how she slapped Nina, how she laughed at Seb being kicked over, but she sticks to her guns. It were ITV Corey what did it. She cries as she maintains her innocence and the judge doesn't ask her if she wants to wait a moment. No. Which of this guy to be no. Yeah. Again, it, Kelly is. There's there's is no deliberate. balance here. This is deliberate. Kelly is inherently believable as the um, mm-hmm. as the upset kind of almost a victim herself in all this. Right. She's totally believable. Mm-hmm. Her reaction is natural. Yes. She does a fantastic job. Yes, selling she this, does. By the way. Yes, she does. Really good actress. She's really good. But it, in stark contrast. Contrast? Contrast to ITV Corey, who was not believable. No. Again, acted well, but done in a way that you can see through him because he's kind of doing the whole crying and then looking up to see if anyone's looking at him. Daddy, I'm sorry. Right. Daddy. Just overdone. But why does. Why don't they make a bigger deal of. Do you seriously think that he is incapable of stopping her? From doing anything. Right, yeah. Anyway. So much. Ugh. Sabine's turn next, and she points out that ITV Corey didn't have a motive, and that Kelly has a history of wanting to impress him, and doesn't care who gets hurt, like Asha. Kelly urgently restates her innocence, and I don't think she and, lost the plot at all well. And and also, hello, Cor- Corey does have motive. Uh-huh. Imran mentioned Imran, it last week. Imran established the motive of jealousy for Asha. Mm-hmm. And everything, and Seb is there with Nina, so he's Nina adjacent, so he's taking all of his Nina anger out on Seb. Mm-hmm. Where was anybody to point that out during that? Somebody. Anybody. Imran, can you hear us? And then someone must give the prosecution a nudge, because next, he's woken up and he's on his feet and labours the point that just because Kayla the Chin didn't have blood on her legs, it didn't mean that there hadn't been blood on her legs. Right. It's like where he the actually hell is, says this. Where the hell have you been? Why were there none of these questions and pointing out things when it was Corey? See, I feel like he and the judge have also been paid off in some way. I 
I just think he doesn't he doesn't care as long as someone gets done for this. Right. But he should try to get both of them done for this. You'd think. Imran's already been getting daggers from the judge because he wouldn't shut up for like two minutes objecting to things. So he can't object to this because it's speculation. Because it is speculation. Right. You can't say, well, just because your arm doesn't have HP sauce in it now doesn't mean it didn't have HP sauce in it. You HP sauce thief. <laughs> right? That's that's the logic of what he's saying. Right. Yeah. It's nonsense. Outside the court, Toya tries to soothe Imran's thoughts on how it's going, but he's in no doubt. Sabine keeps blowing holes in her case, and now it all comes down to what Laura the Chin can do. On the stand, Imran gets Laura to admit that she was the one who encouraged Kelly not to go to the police duty of Rick the Chin being a criminal. But Sabine wastes no time. Didn't you say in your neglect hearing that Kelly was violent and unpredictable? Yeah, I really did say that, says Laura. But you make that sound like such a bad thing. Mm-hmm. Mean- I was just kidding. Meanwhile, in the gallery, Kev's got his eyes on a Cornish pasty for lunch. Yeah. He's such an asshole. <laughs> such an asshole. Such an asshole. Back in the holding room, Imran is furious with Laura. If Kelly goes down for this, it'll be your fault. Laura says, I don't think so, matey, and squarely blames sexy, smouldering Imran. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I did write that down. You did. <clears throat> Just as court's getting started, Abby tells Kev that according to the police, Eli's dad got the job fair and square. Bullshit! Well, how do you prove it? How do you prove it? Then closing arguments start, and it's fairly even because Imran doesn't say, so you seriously think ITV Corey's capable of picking up Kelly the chin and putting her somewhere far away from Seb? Abby shouts accusations that Stefan has been bribing witnesses and this seems to knock Sabine off her stride somewhat. It does. But she finishes strongly. Kelly's getting taken away and she has a thread of hope that she's clinging on to. As he waits to go home, Imran hears Sabine, ITV Stefan and ITV Corey talk about nobbling the witnesses and when Stefan leaves, he sees Imran sitting right outside the room who has heard everything. Right. Isn't isn't that... Couldn't, couldn't Imran say, all right, stop right there. I just heard these people talk about... Shenanigans. Yeah. Call shenanigans. Right. And I mean, yes, it would be hearsay, but still, couldn't he say something about, you know, that he's heard it and be sworn in and everything, and shouldn't this count for something? It should count for something. Kev and Abby get home. Uh, Kev's still been fucking weird about things. And uh, then Imran arrives to tell him that he believes Abby's story. There's some shenanigans going on here, but he begs Abby to stay out of it and let him do his job. He thinks Stefan knows that his son is guilty. Well, yeah. And that brings us on to this week's hard debate. With at least another episode to go before we get to the all-important verdict, what do you think Kev's hoping to have for his lunch at the court on Friday? What? This is the hard debate? I thought the hard debate would be something like, do you think ITV Stefan knows that ITV Corey is guilty? What is, what is this? Is he looking forward to sausage roll and beans, four scotch eggs and pickle, a meat pie and mushy peas, or a pot noodle on a barm? How do you serve scotch eggs and pickle? Oh, pickle on the side. Oh, it's on the side. Yeah. Instead of like... Right I'm not an in, animal. Right in between. Right in between my eggs. <laughs> yes. Put your pickle right in between my eggs. Not that sort of pickle. You dirty, dirty person. 
chutney, little chutney pickle. Oh, okay. Is it out of spear? No. <laughs> okay. We're That's better. A little uh, difference between the UK and the US there. <laughs> Branston pickle. Four scotch eggs. So like relish. Right. A chutney. <laughs> what do you think Kev's hoping for then? For his lunch on Friday? <laughs> He's hoping to put his pickle in between Abby's scotch eggs. The results. I would go with. I would. I would. I would go with sausage roll. I think this. This was really close. <laughs> the voting was cast thusly. In fourth place, the pot noodle and the barm got sixteen point seven percent. Third place was sausage roll and beans. That would be me. Twenty three point eight percent. Four scotch eggs and pickle was twenty six point two percent, which means that meat pie and mushy peas. Wins with 33.3%. Oh, you know, I was so distracted by the pickle that I didn't hear the mushy peas part. That's the story of your life. <laughs> Always distracted by the pickle. And I don't get to see the mushy peas. <laughs> I don't even know what that means. I can't imagine it's nice. I would like a meat pie and mushy peas, though. That sounds so delightful. I love peas. mushy peas. We mushy have peas a can of there. mushy peas in the cupboard. It's just It's just one can, so it's... Not enough for five people. Anyway, Imran has been sitting up trying to find evidence, but there's nothing he can find that isn't having to Right, there's not a paper trail. Police, yeah, right? yeah, he would need the police to actually investigate this instead of saying, oh, well, ITV Stefan said it was fine, so it must be fine. So that's what the police said. Toya, uh, Toya's in her magic eye dress, and she wants Imran to take it easy and try to reassure Kelly the chin. She wants him to be more realistic than pessimistic. Debbie goes round with cold food for Kev. Abby has already left the house to speak with Imran about getting ITV Stefan stitched up and they chat away about things for a while. Kev isn't really happy about how this is all working out and and Abby not letting things go. Meanwhile, And, and Debbie, to her credit, kind of sticks up for Abby. Mm-hmm. Says, well, of course she's not letting things go. Right. Fuck off, Kev. Killed. Meanwhile, Simon is still desperate for his hold with Kelly the Chin and shares some uncharitable thoughts on lawyers with Dev, who reveals that Asha is too upset to go to the court today. At the jail thing, Kelly thinks the jury are taking too long and she's not getting out. Imran tries to bully her spirits, but she's already thinking about getting an apprenticeship at work with disadvantaged kids if she gets out. Imran thinks this is a super idea and thinks that she'll be coming home. He doesn't really, but he's saying that because Toya told him to say it, basically. At Roy's Rose, Nina is making a veil in preparation for the verdict to remind everyone of Seb being dead. She goes off for material as in comes Dev and passes on a lucky charm from Asha to Roy. Roy reckons it'll be doing some heavy lifting if it really is a lucky charm. Mm. What were your thoughts on the veil? <clears throat> I thought it was it was very Nina. It was very Nina. I think the veil does some very s- symbolic heavy lifting. Oh, like throughout the, the episode like the lucky charm i've just said that and really doesn't <laughs> right yeah the lucky charm is does does not get the symbolism it's, it's got a black bit, it's, it's got a, a bit black miss haversham isn't it it's got a black cat on it the lucky charm who thinks a luck a black cat is lucky aren't they lucky no they're unlucky are they yes then I bought a black cat for completely the wrong reason. <laughs> I thought yeah. they were lucky if they crossed your path. No, it's unluck. Just like a black dog. That's why it's so hard for... That's why 
uh, charities have to like have special adoption days for for black cats and black dogs because people are superstitious about them. Imran's back in the bistro with Toya and explains Kelly's apprenticeship idea, which impresses Toya. In comes mm. Kev looking for Abby, but Imran's not seen Abby all day, which is not what Kev understood. Yeah. He gives her a call and leaves a message telling her not to do anything daft. Meanwhile, Abby like is doing... Like, blow up ITV Stefan's car. Meanwhile, Abby is doing something Which is daft. totally what she should have done instead. She barges into ITV Stefan's office and locks the two of them in because the key is in the lock. Sure. Okay. Back on the street, Debbie worries that Abby will have ITV Stefan stripped to the waist and bound to a chair by now with the electrodes attached to so his testicles. Nipples. Oh, his testicles. Sure. But he just has his shirt off. He doesn't have his pants off. How is she getting to his testicles? To the fly. Nipples make much more sense. And man, nipples make much more sense. Helen Broom, 2021. And man and Toya rush by. The verdict is being announced after lunch recess and no one is ready. The veil isn't ready. This is a bad sign, says Nina. So Roy gives Nina the lucky charm, which only confuses and annoys her a little bit. It does annoy her. It's like this is an Ashes gig. Right. Abby gives ITV Stefan an impassioned speech. If she was him, she'd want the release of being able to say out loud that her son is guilty and he's bribed the witnesses. But ITV Stefan has seen through Abby and knows that she's recording the conversation on her phone. Plus, for whatever reason, he has a panic button in his office. And so the coppers barge in and lift Abby for breaching the peace as ITV Stefan insists that ITV Corey is innocent. And we see that ITV Stefan was the lucky recipient of the Stefan Brent Award for Outstanding Achievement in the Field of Excellence. He's also losing, he's losing advertisers, probably because his son has been charged with murder. Or just that's how the print industry is these days. Or both. It could be both. I I could see through Abby just as clearly as ITV Stefan could. Right. But normally characters don't. Right. So when he did see so through it. So finally somebody can oh, see through like, Abby. He he has the, the, the match for her. Mm-hmm. I think he's a really good villain. Mm-hmm. He was... His dramatic ac- entrances are just... Love them. They're to <laughs> die for. He just slides in. He may as well be sliding in with a big sign that says drama. He may as well just be wearing just, you know, a white dress shirt and tidy whities and mm. socks and just sliding through his, his parent living room after the first time he's had sexual intercourse with a woman. Living room, I would have said uh, vestibule. Well, yeah. That's but, a risky the, business reference. Right, there. yes. But the camera is in the living room. The camera is, yeah. yes. <laughs> so, in the court. Roy. Take that, Sean, with your outdated references. <laughs> in the court, Roy is helping Nina finish the hem on the veil. Meanwhile, Sabine and Imran are getting ready. She loves this bit, she says. Imran looks down his nose at her. This is people's lives we're talking about. Yeah. She says she was always able to detach herself from that much better than he was. Right, yeah. She's just, she's the type of lawyer that lawyer jokes are made for. Right. This is why people hate lawyers, because of people like Sabine. Back in the street, Simon is checking in on Asha to make sure she's okay and badmouths lawyers a little bit more. Asha's still blaming herself for going back out by TV Corey. If she hadn't done that, none of this would have happened. Simon is confident that Corey will get sent down and Kelly will be free so he can get his hole. Asha's had enough of this and tells him to fuck off to the court. So the jury and the judge come back. 
Kelly is the first to get her verdict read and the jury unanimously find her guilty of murder. So ridiculous. She just collapses. She folds in on herself. She becomes yeah. made of paper. She's just... Yes. And it's Toya has to grab her as she's fallen down. So ridiculous. This wee girl was able to kick this bad to death. Mm-hmm. This... Well, this large soc- man was This large... This large soccer player man mm-hmm. did not kick this man to death, even though he probably has a stronger kick. She breaks down as ITV Corey rises to get his verdict. Nina is watching on with her veil pulled down from yes. the, the, the gallery. Yes. Meanwhile, PC Tinker has sprung Abby from the police station. Yeah. And for some reason, he delays her getting into the court just to say, good I luck. just wanted to tell you good luck. She learns that Kelly is guilty on her phone and walks in just as ITV Stefan and ITV Corey are walking out, talking about heading out for a fucking curry. You should have seen your face, says ITV Corey. And then Corey, unbelievably... Creepily. ...throws Abby a cheeky wink on his way out. So he's got found not Not guilty. Not guilty. So angry. So very angry at all of this. So very angry. This is not what soap operas are for. Soap operas are for goofiness and sexual escapades and, <laughs> and you know. Application of pickle. <laughs> and comeuppance. You know, the bad guy's not supposed to win. And the bad guy's won here. Well, I don't think the, the battle isn't over. Or the war isn't over. But, like, once again, what's to say about the court system? In the United Kingdom. Because once again, a bad guy has gotten off. And so his comeuppance will come at the hands of vigilantes on the street. Just as Tim's dad did. And Kel did. Right. The the ultimate punishment is death. Right. And Pat Phelan himself, although he was shot by the... Was he shot by the police? No, he was stabbed by Anna. Right. Yeah. So this is... (laughs) The police and the courts don't work. Everybody needs to be a vigilante on the street. This is what the soap opera is teaching people. Hmm. I think this was always a possibility. I was genuinely shocked by... And women get put in prison for things they didn't commit all the time on the show. Kelly, Sally, Yasmin. People from... Come on! Disadvantaged backgrounds are... Always get the short end of the stick Ah, as well. Johnny puts himself in prison, not because of the court system, but because he turned himself in for something he really didn't do 50 years ago. He basically walked into that prison himself. And said, hey, put me in, coach. Right. (laughs) The only one who justifiably was in prison was Gary. And he was not in prison for the thing he should be in prison for. Uh, th- this was always a possibility, but it took me by surprise. And somebody Faye? said, that, "Faye, another person put in prison for the." And somebody uh, said on the Twitter, "Well, you've never seen a soap before." <coughs> and I was like, "Well, I don't think that's true." But the way that, that this um, this story has been uh, from its genesis as an important story with real life uh, inspiration that, mm-hmm. that's driving it. Right. Uh, work with the Sophie charity. Right. Uh, throughout it. Right. Um, helping to guide it and, and keep it on the 
on, on these rails for for the show to say the twisters were going to lock them off while they're working with the the foundation and mm-hmm. the charity, I think is either a really brave move or a really stupid move. It's a cold move. And I'm not sure which one it is. And because I thought, but because of this work with the charity, I thought there is no way that they're going to let. Right. They, can, they can't let Corey off. And also, let's remember, we've all had a real sucky year and a half. <laughs> right. We've had a real sucky year and a half, and that's after, you know, four years of discord and neighbors turning on neighbors in both countries over politics and things and just the world just really going to shit. This is not what we watch television for. No, it was... And, you know, there are shows, yes, there are shows that we do watch for things like this. But those are like actual drama shows. Prestige drama. Right, prestige drama. Like actual cops and robbers shows and things. This is what Law and Order is for. Mm -hmm. This is what... um, Prime Suspect is for. This is what... Line of Duty. Line of Duty is for. This is what The Wire was for. You know, this is this is not what soap operas is for. This is not what Coronation Street of all the soap operas is for. You know, you can win awards without being evil. Give us joy. That's what we watch you for. We watch you for joy. I just think it's okay to have come up and sit the first time of asking. Right. Yeah. And come up in, in a court of law as opposed to somebody stabbing somebody because, because Yasmin, they got off. Yasmin got off, but she still had to put up with Tim's dad. Right. So she didn't really win. No, and she, she had to go to prison he... for a long time before. Right. Have that a heart happened. attack. Have a heart attack. Remember. In prison and then go back to prison. Oh, yeah. I hate this so much. And, you know, I continue to hate... I can, you know, we're not even done. We're not even done with the stuff I hate because we continue with more stuff I hate. Right. Moving on then. The to more stuff I hate. has cleared and Toya is trying to toy at Imran when an immature voice from the gallery shouts down abuse at Imran. It's Simon, unhappy at the verdict and his desire to get his hole off of Kelly being delayed for upwards of 20 years. He stomps off and finds the discarded lucky charm. Toya and Imran totally... So anyway... Mm-hmm. Simon and Toya can get back to toying Imran. She decide he decides to be annoyed that Toya told him to encourage Kelly, which has just made things worse. Has it though? No. Roy isn't happy either as Nina slowly floats out of the the court. She rips off her veil and throws it to the ground. Yeah, and then she rips it in two. Mm-hmm. And he has to pick it up. Imran gets to see Kelly the chin before she gets taken away. He tells her that she's looking at twelve years minimum. This isn't news that Kelly wants to hear. As she sees her future melt away. Her whole life is fucked. Back home, Kev is telling Debbie that he'd take grief over injustice any day of the week. Then he starts talking about taking Abby away on a holiday to get her away from all this. And she, <sighs> off camera, must come and overhear this uh-huh. and storms back out again. Right, yeah. Because this is not what she wants. No. At the flat, Imran and Toya probably shouldn't be talking to each other until they calm down. But Toya decides to tell Imran to let someone else do the appeal and she starts to talk about the next kid they foster and Imran doesn't take this well. And this really was, Toya just needs to recognise that she needs to be quiet here. And, right. Because I mean, nothing she's going to say is going to make him feel better right now. I, and I can kind of understand the whole, 
you know, next time we should we should get her a, a different lawyer because this really took an awful lot out of you. That I can kind of get having that conversation right now while they're kind of talking about it. But her talking about fostering another kid, that's way too soon. Right. Way too soon. He doesn't want her advice. This hurts and it should hurt, he says. He leaves and Toya resists the temptation to shout, fine, walk away then, like you always do. Because that's pretty much what happens in those situations usually. Right, yes. Simon's back on the street now talking to Ash about fundraising for an appeal because that's so sensible. That's what this needs. More money. Ash points out that it, it actually is. It doesn't work like that. Because you might not get an appeal. Right. He gets a text from Leanne who has heard that Simon was a little bitch in the court today. At Roy's rolls, Roy is smashing plates until Dave intervenes. Nina, that was that was that was brilliant, by the way. Just the way that man breaks a plate. Just Just You're always and the way that man picks up a veil and the way that man does everything. It's just so good. You're usually in for something a little bit special when Roy and Dave are together. Right. And I thought particularly uh yesterday mm-hmm. this scene in particular i just thought was was, was so, so good roy says that nina's had enough for one lifetime the injustice of it all how can she process grief when the world treats her like this it's called parenting says dev <laughs> it does it lovingly right you can't give her anything you can give her nothing right all you can give her is your presence right now yeah and that kind oh. of got me a little bit yes and and he's not he's not wrong i mean the I think the reason why this makes me so angry is because Abby and Nina are characters that everyone genuinely loves. These Mm -hmm. are characters that people have really taken to their hearts. And this really is injustice for both of them because both of them know it was Corey what done it. Yeah, everyone knows. Yeah. So this does not give. So Kelly getting taken down does not give them closure. No. Does not give them justice. No. The, the jury just, chose to believe so heartbreaking. That, that Kelly was superhuman. Right. And that, um, that uh, ITV Corey was incapable of stopping her. They believe that, what was his name? We Bullcut guy? Eli. They believe Eli's version of events that changed at the last minute. Right. They don't believe Nina's version of events that changed at the last minute. Right. Oh, because... Brain injury. I think I find this actually hugely unbelievable. Yeah. That if anything was going to happen, they were both going to get sent down. Yeah. Absolutely. Or that they at least. So I don't think this has been true. Do to, something to, to the facts that were that were laid out. I don't think that, that this is ah. Uh, I don't think this is this is believable. I don't think this uh, treats the viewer right. No. It doesn't. Because it delivers something that is completely out of left field. Right. And the way, like like we've complained, the way the prosecutor does just sits there and does nothing with, with Corey and then gets up and does this whole convoluted leg thing if you're for going, Kelly. Right. If you're going to get ITV Corey off, then make a better job of making that case. Right. Because there was no... It was all circumstantial. Right. There is the bag. The bag still exists. Somewhere. And they keep on mentioning it, so it's right. bound to come back. Yeah. 
So Abby's in Seb's man garden and stops a passing in man who's hugely apologetic. Abby thinks that he spent too much time trying to get Kelly off the night of Corey sent down, but that, that wasn't, wasn't his, his job. job. It was the prosecutor's job. <laughs> Sabine appears for some reason and Abby lets her know exactly what she thinks of her and her fucking lies that have made her life, her lad's life meaningless. Mm-hmm. Distraught, Abby stra- tries to score some okey-doke off the pair of them, yes. but they tell him that they're dry. Not sure that she wants an upper at this time. Mm-hmm. Imran begs her not to score. Give me one reason why, says Abby. Meanwhile, Leanne drags Simon to Toya's to apologise, which she does and then he leaves. Leanne may not have agreed with Imran all the time, but she appreciates the situation and the work that he's put in. Toya has to explain that they've fallen out and he's fucked off. And he's fucked off back to the bistro with Sabine, who gives him a key to her house if he needs to be somewhere else tonight, which was completely out of the blue. And creepy. And inappropriate. And... (laughs) She knows that he's hurting. We all seem to be in agreement that ITV Corey was guilty here, but to Sabine, it's just a job, and she's already moved on. She still cares about him and leaves him with the key. After this, Imran finds Abby has moved on to the community garden. She's bought some generic drugs but hasn't taken any. She tells him... I thought she just had the money. She hadn't actually scored yet. I wasn't sure. She tells him there are no consequences anymore, so he might as well get his hold of Sabine if that's what he wants to do. Right. And then then she says, well, then maybe he should go score and get high and she'll go and get her hole off Sabine. Right. Back at the flat, Leanne tries to console Toya and then goes to call Imran to see where he is and mm-hmm. maybe try and get him back in because Toya doesn't want to do it because she doesn't want to She's tried a few them. times right. and yeah But his phone's in the flat How did she not realise this the other times that she <laughs> tried to call him? Great So they break open the wine as Leanne gently explains to Toya that she does turn on counsellor Toya mode a little bit too often every now and again mm-hmm. That's because she's working in the factory so she doesn't get to do her job Senior sales She's doing a good job at the factory She got promoted Yeah but she should be a counsellor Imran apologises to Abby for letting Seb down at least you only did that when he was alive, she says. Uh, when he was dead. At least he only did it when he was yeah, dead. Yeah, that makes more sense. Yes, that he, does make more sense. He begs her not to score. She thinks that maybe he should, and she should get her hold of Sabine. Interesting. Abby can't go home because things will start to go back to normal, and they can't go back to normal. Something has to happen, she says. That was really powerful. Mm-hmm. At Roy's rolls, Roy is mending Nina's veil when Nina comes in and silently sits down and starts to help. At the prison, a guard checks on Kelly the chin and then immediately raises the alarm. On the street, Imran seems to get into a taxi with Sabine. At the flat, Toya gets a call and learns that Kelly the chin has tried to take her own life. And that is how we end this week's episodes. Has attempted suicide. Yes. She said she couldn't face it. I hate this. Yeah. I hate Imran getting into Sabine's car. I think that that was suggested, but I think it was only suggested because they can't show you them getting into the car together. Well, he he was at the door. He was getting in. He kind of rolled his eyes. And And he walked towards the mm -hmm, car and started getting into the car. Yeah, but I'm saying, and I'm right in saying this, it's suggested you don't see him getting into the car. But I I think it's pretty clear that that's what's happened. I hate, I hate Kelly attempting suicide. Teen suicide attempts. She said that she was 16. Yeah. Yeah, I don't like that either. No. No, because, you know, this is... This is a show teenagers watch with their 
with their parents, you know? And so you got to be really careful about what you suggest when it comes to, to things like that. Mm. As, as they discovered with that, what's the name of that show on Netflix? You watched it. I didn't. Oh, 13 Reasons Why. Yeah. That was very good. It was it was good, but there was some backlash towards it because it there were some copycat things that occurred afterwards. Yeah, they've removed things from that show. The actual suicide scene that you saw in fairly shockingly graphic detail, mm-hmm. I think, has been removed. Cut out. Yeah. yeah. So, so it just it just makes it the only <laughs> the only sort of lights. After this was Toya and Leanne kind of making up and mm-hmm. being good sisters to one another. And Roy and Nina just silently repairing that veil, which I thought was just beautifully done. And right. once again, the two of them, they don't have to say anything. I didn't say a word. And the scene is just so impactful. I don't think, I might be remembering this wrong, but I don't think they were they even shared any conversation when they were uh, sitting in the court. Mm-mm. He was in his chair, and she seemed to be sitting on the floor as they were fixing it. And again, it was just—it was a beautifully shot, wonderful scene. Mm-hmm. If there was any dialogue, it was very minimal. Yeah. And then you had the scene in the cafe again, beautifully shot. Oh, so good. And just the—it so just speaks so much, and it meant so much for her not to be there at the start, right? And then to join them, the fact that, that she was joining them silently and didn't have to say anything, right. didn't expect her to say anything. Right. And they just get to work. Yeah. Yeah, it was just it was it was, quite amazing. It was, it was beautiful. But and that then, was pretty much that and Dev. Right. Nothing much giving us any cheer and then, here. Then you, you have this, ooh, we're going we're gonna to create a, a love triangle here towards the end with Imran and Sabine and Toya. Oh, we're going to mix things up now. To the surprise of no one. Fuck off. <laughs> but to the surprise of no one. Yeah, but... You don't introduce... Imran's ex-wife <laughs> and nothing happens right but for this to happen now instead of you know maybe a week from now when things have settled and this means this phone is at his phone is with Toya mm-hmm. nobody knows where he is right and his foster daughter who he has just gone through blood sweat and tears to try to get off yep has Attempted to take her own life, mm-hmm. and we don't really know how serious it is. Uh, they're, they're never, they're never killing her off. Well, no, but she might be in a coma for a while. That's a possibility. She's. I think it's an attempt. I don't think it's going to be successful. But what no. it's going to do is, Toya knows feel, about it, and he's going to feel like absolute shit. That, right. That he doesn't feel great at the moment anyway. Right. And instead of instead of doing something. Where he can be contacted if need be. He goes and does something that may upend his whole life. Right. It doesn't jive to me what we know about Imran's character. To me, it just, it just seemed like. He can be a hothead. He can make bad decisions. Right. Yeah. But cheat on his girlfriend by getting his hole off the woman who got Seb's murderer off and sent his foster daughter to prison. That does not seem like an Imran thing. It sounds like an Adam thing to do. <laughs> Poor Adam. 
It does not sound like an Imran thing to do. No, I think when you when you when you consciously go through all the variables here, especially the fact that she is more responsible. She's more responsible than the prosecution is for uh, for Kelly getting sent down. And she knew about ITV Stefan bribing that guy. Well, she kind of left the room. She didn't want to hear it, but she knew it was a thing. But right. she didn't want to hear any details yeah. of it. She's like, you need to be more careful about this. So right. she's aware that it occurred right. and does nothing. And, you know, is it seems to get off on getting people off, you know? This is not... Why would why would Imran find any of this attractive at all? You know, and maybe 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 I'm projecting too much of Charlie onto Imran right now, <laughs> which is quite possible because we all knows we we all know Everyone what Charlie. a delightful human being and a blessing to this earth Charlie DeMello is. <laughs> and I'm not just saying that cuz he listens to us. <laughs> It is true. I just look up, you know, all the great things he does with his time when he's not on the show. He's a delightful person. Um, I think he's a cunt. <laughs> Thank you. I needed that. But still, it's just it's such a shitty way to end a week. Yeah. And it's just a shitty thing to do to the viewer, to to the the people who watch this show. You could see Twitter deflate. Yeah. At, at nine o'clock UK time last night. Yeah. It it literally so, oh. I mean I don't I don't imagine it, it for was, a moment that ITV Corey isn't going to get his come up It was it was the Game of Thrones finale all over again on Twitter. <laughs> it was a little It bit. was that bad. It it prolongs the storyline a bit more, I guess. It, it keeps it keeps some good characters in the show because I think Sabine's a good character. We can talk about why does she let him back when he's cheated on her before? That that's a whole well, look at yourself, Missies. Right, you, you should have a little bit more love for yourself than let somebody who cheated on you. Yeah, and what are your ethics your taxi, of, of so taking? What are your ethics of taking this case just to get back at your ex? But she's a good character. ITV Stefan's a good character. If it keeps them in it longer, but I find it, and there's no disrespect to the actor at all. Yeah. But every time I see ITV Corey, I feel. You want to punch him in the face. Right. <laughs> so if I didn't it's see Game him of again. All over if it. I didn't see him again, I'd be quite happy about it. Yeah. ITV Stefan, yeah, I'd like, I'd like to see his villainous character develop. Yes. Very much so. But. Yeah, because that scene with Abby was really good. He just had... He, he was really this, good in that. This isn't his first rodeo. No. He's a, he's a scoundrel. Yeah. You, and you kind of get that inference from him. Mm-hmm. Because like you said, why would a magazine publisher have a panic button? Unless... <laughs> what is he involved he in? He does some other skeevy stuff. Right. It's yeah. either a complete overlook by continuity and, and the writers to have him with a panic button. Or mm-hmm. there is some other right. dodgy shit going on. It kind of makes me wish that Rick the Chin was still alive a little bit because because those would have been some fun scenes. Rick the Chin versus ITV Stefan. Even Ray Weinstein. He was a good body as well. Yeah. I kind of got sick of him, though. 
think uh, it was the accent. They're all better than Gary. Let's put it that way. Right, yes. <laughs> as being a villain, they're all better than Gary. Yes. Yes. As as I've said before, Daisy's a better villain than Gary. <laughs> I'll have to give some props to Daisy here because <laughs> through the week, as we said at the start, I was making my um, Ryan's Nest 1970s ITV sitcom right because we're all Ryan's excited because tim's mum supposedly is coming back which, for the show which gives us use of the tim's mum about the house theme right. tune again so i felt like maybe i was challenging myself but i uh-huh. felt like there was a kind of discussion about well let's make something for ryan's nest so mm-hmm. i made something for ryan's nest and, the, and what i imagined was ryan living with daisy and alia mm-hmm. with the landlady being jenny, jenny and the comedy that would ensue from that right, right. which would be a lot I think it would be, actually, would be a great show. show. I'd watch that. <laughs> right. So I was making the intro for that sitcom and I'm picking out moments from Alia and Ryan and Jenny and Daisy and uh-huh. I'm trying to put together a kind of, you know, how yeah. sitcoms do their intros. Right. With them making wacky faces and... And looking like fun characters. Right. Yes. Telling fun stories. There is just no shortage of Daisy, Daisy pulling wonderful faces and just amazing expressions. I had like twice the number for her than I did for Ryan. Yeah. And even maybe, even with the Ryan, uh, you know, doing his little cutesy baby, right? Shake his ass thing. Right. Yeah, which, I, well, it wasn't that there weren't a lot of Ryan faces. It's just there was double Daisy faces, right? So yeah, I owe her a little bit of an apology there. She does bring yes. something to the show. It's she her, does. It's her expressions. <laughs> Oh, well, that was the week that was Coronation Street, it I suppose. Was. What was your moment of the week? Roy breaking that plate and talking to Dev about parenting. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. I mean, as much as I liked the um, the, the Nina scene, right? I thought there was a little bit more... Uh, there was the anger of Roy that we mm-hmm. rarely see yes. uh, kind of manifesting itself. Mm-hmm. And then there was the dev character who more often than not would be the kind of destructive one right managing to and talk. tends to be the comic relief of the show just being you know so supportive of roy's parenting of his niece right this is what we do for our girls yes yeah the, the, the two of them together Oft. just gold that's yeah. our moment of the week moment of the week our boring moment of the week Alina showing pictures of Romania. <laughs> yeah. I, I wondered if those were her, her real. Because you could see kind of the little, you could see. Like blurry stuff. There was some faces on her mm-hmm. that was completely out of focus that you couldn't make out yeah. what was there. But I wonder if those were her actual family photographs, in which case I feel a little bad about this. But yeah, that was her. For a moment of the week. Yeah. Shall we wrap this one up then? Please. If you've ever enjoyed the f- sophisticated pleasure of a chicken and mushroom pot noodle in a buttered roll, please write in to tell or, me all about it. Or a pickle in your scotch eggs. <laughs> we're the talk of the street at gmail.com and we're at Cory Podcast on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. You can shout me and Helen a coffee by heading to ko-fi.com. That's ko-fi.com slash the talk of the street. Check out the clicky clicky section of boggle.co.uk for links to our merch store and YouTube channel. And if you're so inclined, please leave a rating and a review on the iTunes or your podcast provider of choice. Thanks for making it to the end of another episode. And Thank we you. will be back next week with more I'll talk on the, street. the Talk of the Street. Bye. Cheerio.